Hello and welcome into the Sower Data Football Strategy Show. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdinho on Sower. Joined as always by Artigur, I mean Sean Nushan, PSU fans too. Pico player calls me out. Laird late again. This is true. Totally my fault. Thank you for sticking around. ZM Star knows why we're really here. Why Gil is great and other guys. That's that's feels fair to me. Yeah, I saw ZM Star. ZM Star saying that Andy Black is his favorite person in server data podcast community I, i'm, I'm used very to be. used to be used to be i mean i i don't i think i think zm star just is out there you know he's like a fairwater fan he just goes and like jumps between people and and picks i i feel like i feel like his uh his favorite is not uh is not a nuggets strong, fan not a strong hold. <laughs> loves man city sure sure johanathan <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks for being late i just got home hey see just trying to help everyone out Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, Germ, new shirt layer. This is not a new shirt. It's just an old, so rare shirt. You just happen to be noticing it. Um, so, yeah, thank you to everyone for joining us. If you guys could please hit the like button on the video. Although I did get called out by somebody somewhere on Twitter that was like, no, nah, I, I watched the whole thing. And if I like it, I will like the video. And I don't know. I just, it's not that important to like that, to have to like something that much just to like the video. So anyway, thank you everybody for joining us today to talk about Carlos Hill and a bunch of other players, but really why we're here is to talk about why those players are important and why, what makes players great. And it's not in terms of like, there's nothing about real life football in this conversation, just for the record. I don't care what anyone, how anyone is in real life. We're here to talk about so rare scores. And so if, if there are any comments where like, no, 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 he's actually really good. He, I don't care. If he doesn't score on so rare, we don't care. So that's why we're here. But I think it's really important to, to talk about because there, it comes up in a lot of our conversations of like why Vlahovic is not at the top of our lists and why we have problems with Erling Haaland a lot and why Carlos Hill is important. And I feel like we kind of mention it a lot, but we don't actually discuss it. So that was the point of today. And hopefully that just clears up everything. Simple as that. Yeah, so uh, here's a funny here's a funny trivia question for, for the users. Uh, both of us, Laird and I, are currently on a podium in, all-star, in an all-star competition. However, one of us did not use Carlos Gill in that lineup. Which, which one of us was it? Let's see. Let's see if they can get it correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a situation where the, the key guys are best used to support everyone, right? And, and I guess like it's kind of a weird situation where we've talked about before, like you can play weird players. Like I, I will have weird players in certain situations um, and will play like Melly Mulenstein, like we talked about. Like I had Melly Mulenstein in, in a U23 rare pro line that was able to get me on a podium. The key is, with Melly Mulenstein, I have some alpha-type players that support him. So like if I'm playing a Melly Mulenstein because he has a great matchup on a certain week, then I want to make sure that I have the best possible guys around him to enhance that great week. So um, it's a situation where like that is key, and like that's what those players are. Like The players that are like the high-end guys are not necessarily – um the high-end guys because they're the best scorers and everything which they are but they're there because like they're the best support pieces you can have to other players 
and making things happen elsewhere. So for those that did not guess correctly, I am the one that did not have Carlos Gill in, in a podium lineup currently. Um, shockingly enough, and I, I wish I did because I would be in first if I did, but uh, it just didn't happen with him being in that lineup. So uh, Laird, Laird is representing Carlos Gill on the podium, uh, who unfortunately got stat corrected down to 98 and a half points on the weekend. I know. So it's very unfortunate. That's outrageous. Aaron Walker has said that mistakes were made. It's Haber is in here. Uh, it's Haber. I'm speaking of mistakes. That mistakes were made. Uh, he <laughs> made, made one pretty hefty one that could cost him uh, dearly today. Uh, but yeah, like I think that there's um, a lot of there's a lot of merit on these these big guys and like what you need them and why you need them and what you need to do with them. And then also like there's a lot of discussion points of like if you should buy them and which ones you should buy and like, do you buy all of them? Do you buy some of them? Uh, and the answers vary from user to user. Like, obviously it's not realistic for every user to have Carlos Gill, have Messi, have Dusan Tadic, like someone, a whale like Laird, Laird does have the ability to do that, right? Laird can have all those guys, but a lot of people can't. And if you can't, you got to find different ways to enhance your other guys to make them as good as possible when they are in spots to make them like those guys for sure. Because we've talked about it before, but I would say only briefly, uh, but it's definitely something to note. People think that Lionel Messi is Lionel Messi every week. Lionel Messi is a different player every week because he scores differently. So the same goes for everyone else as well. You could have a player who has just a fantastic matchup on a weekend. That player is different than what his average is. Like the, the, the actual player card, right, that you have of a player, like if I have a Carlos Gill card, my Carlos Gill card is the average of like Carlos Gill every single game week. Each individual game week, that card is a different player for that one individual game week. If Carlos Gill is at home against Inter Miami, that is much different than Carlos Gill away against Philly Union. They're they're just two different situations, and you need to be able to understand that and uh, and utilize that information to best construct your lineups. Yeah, I. <clears throat> I wasn't even going there with it, but I think that is something we should discuss. But I think, because we talk about why all around average scores are important, but I feel like people continue to maybe not ignore it, but I, I appreciate that a lot of our conversations in terms of lineups are focused on winning, like coming in first place or podiums or just like high finishes. And in those situations, which I think we all would like to be in, uh, the it's almost it's effectively impossible to get there just off decisive actions. And the fact that there are only literally a handful of times where players have hit a hundred or even just nineties just off decisive actions, and yet people continue to be like, "I'm going to take this guy because I think he's going to score this week." And it's like, is sixty-two enough for you? And they're like, no, 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 but he's going to score. I'm like, uh-huh. And that's that's the 62 that you're getting. And they're just like players that I wanted to like bring up today, both high A and low A. But the reason why we make such a huge deal about all-around scores is if the decisive comes, you're not scoring 62. You're hopefully getting 72, 82. So, Sean, given... To the choice of a high AA player who's highly unlikely to get a decisive or the opposite, a low AA player that like should get a decisive, which one do you prefer? 
I want the guy with the high AA all the time. Um, and why? Because when he gets his decisive, let's say he gets a decisive 10, 20% of the time, that 10 to 20% of the time, I'm very likely to get a 80, 90, 100 point game. The guy that gets a decisive like 75% of the time, but he is only going to get you 60 points. That's great to some extent. It's just not going to fully cut it, especially in highly contested competitions like All-Star Rare Pro, All-Star Limited. Like any any competition that's like heavily contested competition, it is difficult to, to do that. So I want the high AA guy that is less likely to score than the guy that's very likely to score that has no AA. However, the guy you really want is the guy that has a good combination of both. For sure, for sure. Uh, like Carlos Hill. No, the, the, I think the thing that a lot of people also forget, and it's one of those that like, yeah, we all know this, but goals and assists are not the only decisive actions. And so sometimes if you have some center back defensive midfielder who like never moves up, they can still get a clearance off the line. Like those random things like happen and it's not anything that you can project easily, but there's that alone that, that those types of players, if they get that clearance off the line, it's like, Oh, I have 85 points now instead of the 62 from your goal score. Correct. Like every player, like doesn't really matter, I guess how like limited you are. You still have a five to 10% chance at a score point. Like for a non-goalie goalie, obviously is going to be less, but they have, their own decisives and, and clean sheets. And yeah. if you look at like any defender, like you probably look at someone, they're probably going to get a decisive every 20, 30 games, just because there's going to be times where they win a knockdown header and the ball goes down off of someone else and they, they get an assist. Or there's going to be times where like a center midfielder who just is very uninvolved passes the ball to someone and they dribble two people and score. Like it's just, it's just going to happen. And then, like you said, you factor in there's goal line clearances. Everyone's possible to get a goal line clearance. There's last man tackles. Everyone's possible to get last man tackle. Obviously, they are more geared towards goalies than they are towards, uh, or defenders, I'm sorry, than they are towards forwards. But it's still possible that you can get someone that gets there. So it's a situation where you have different guys. There are, uh, I, I have guys that, I mean, I can think of that we've talked about Holland a lot and his ability to not really do do an AA game. And we've now granted his obviously his chances of scoring goals is a lot more uh, likely than other people. But I saw you made a tweet, I think, a little bit ago about someone that has uh, reverted to the mean. Do you want to talk about that? Because I think that's a good indication. Uh, I don't want to talk about not saying home, but I will. So let me just pull this clown up. I did hear, like, I don't actually watch any of these games, but somebody was like, oh, yeah, managerial decisions have kept him out. But basically, not saying Ho went, in, went on an absolute heater to start the season. Um, what is this? Ten goals in eight games or something like that. And But if you notice that generally, and it's not always, but generally the AA scores were pretty low. Like yeah. six, eight, one. He got that 32. God knows, probably all the shots on target. And then what happens when he stops scoring every game is now just a row of yellows. And like this, this is exactly what you get if you have low all around score guys. Correct. Because... So you look at him and you're like, all right, if I get a 62 from him, cool. Like that's okay. That's most likely okay in certain lineups. Mm -hmm. But if you get a 40 
that you're just that lime's in really bad shape, no matter what level you're at. And so I will say there's also different uh, game modes that people need to consider and compare comparatively to other things. So in All-Star Limited, right, if you're putting up 60 points, you have no ability to get up into like the tier zeros. Like if you're if you have just like a guy, if you have a bunch of guys that are like they're capping out at like 65, like you're just realistically not getting the job done in like a limited competition to, to like get up there. Like, yeah, you can surely have a guy that puts up like a 50, like as you see the guy in fourth place has a 50, but that 50 is surrounded by like a 78, right, 90, 93. <laughs> so it picks up the average. So you just can't really have a bunch of guys that are out there putting up 60, 60, 60, 60. Um, you can win a reward. Sure. But you can't really get to the high end. However, when you get up to like the division twos and the division ones, the super and the, the, unique divisions if a guy goes out there and puts up 65 or 70 that plays a lot better there because there's just a lot less of the elite level cards that are going to put up hundreds uh and those type of scores instead so there's different things you have to consider based on whether you're in limited all-star rare uh or the rare pro or the super rare slash unique competitions there are different cards like um a good one that i can use right now yuya osako so I don't know if you've looked at him yet or recently, but uh, he's. I haven't, but I'm being told not to buy him. He's been on, yeah. Literally, this is. Tuggy has said, don't buy him. So, anyways, you look at Osaka, right? And he's just putting up 70s. He's getting two decisives a game. Like, he's doing well. But you look, none of these games are in the 80 to 100 point range. Every time that he gets like multiple decisives, He's still struggling to get to 80. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but it's just not realistic that this guy's going to average a 1.5 decisives a game. It's just yeah. not, not realistic. Like, if he's doing that, he's not going to be playing in the J League permanently. Uh, yeah, sure, he's going to score goals. Well, you see what he did previously. Like, you get a decisive every every other game, which is great. Like, that's solid. But that means you're getting, like, a 65 or a 35. Those, those are your outcomes. And those outcomes are just not guys you want in, like, an all-star rare pro type line. Do you think, because I feel like we've touched on this before, and I kind of even go back and forth on it. Daniel brings this up. It feels like those guys are only useful for 240 thresholds. Like, do you prefer the higher variance guys who are like yeah, 30, 60, or do you like the ones that are just 45 to 55 all the time? I mean, I think they're all whatever like i don't think you really want to use them anywhere in general like you're just like mm, it's fine like where are you using like you're like yuya osako's like l15 is 66 where are you using you can't use him in a cat mode and yeah you can't him. use that in cat like yeah him in a cat mode he's like one of the worst cards you can use in a cat mode because like if he gets two decisives he eclipses his score line by like six um so it's a tricky situation where i just think like a card like this is just in a division three four five situation it's just not good and you look at him and like what's his price point his price point is like a lot like he's what 0.2 ish for a rare like this is a guy that literally really struggles to help you win big end cards um so i think so adri zaman asked the question is it possible to win a reward consistently in rare pro with five main players you use week in week out the answer no the answer to that is yes but you need to have like Gil, Messi, Tadish type players. Like you need to have like Grimaldo and Odysseus. And that's not what people want to do 
with that situation. Like you, if you're asking, can you week in, week out, get the job done and win rewards with like Melly Muhlenstein as your all-star rare pro defender? No, it's not realistic. Now, can you play him when they play Camber and expect to do well? Yeah, but you can't play him against Ajax, PSV and stuff and expect to go well. So yes, you can do it, but you need to have the elite level cards that almost never have a bad situation with them. And a goalie who's the same. And a goalie who's the same. You need a, you need one of the best goalies in the platforms. Like you'd need like a Thibaut Courtois who just like almost always going to be a heavy favorite, has really good AA as it is, um, and is a really strong player. But yeah, it's difficult to do that and perform well. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the not the missing part, but it's really tough to say like, yeah, just go get Tadic, Gill, Messi, I'll throw in there just for fun because I have him. And then being like, and whatever goalie. Because like the whatever goalie is actually what will kill you. Like you, you have to pay up for goalie just as much as the other ones. Correct. Surf has just said Yuya Asako has value though right now. He's a top four forward L15 overall in America and Asia. Yeah, I would argue though that like he's way overvalued because he's not going to average one and a half decisis a game consistently. Like, so he's at top value right now and he's not going to get uh, the job done. So Adri said, he's like, I got rare merit, super Kanata, super Laboka, rare Griezmann and rare Mbappe. I don't think that gets the job done frequently. Uh, I don't think Laboka is that good. I don't think Kanata is that good. Um, obviously merits a goalie. Like, yes, they're a decent team and he'll score. Okay. The, the other two are, are pretty strong. Uh, but if you just start, if you're planning on running that week in, week out, you're just, not going to get a reward very consistently and it's not because like you don't have some great players like Griezmann and Mbappe are fantastic um but it's difficult to consistently win stuff with very limited flexibility elsewhere like Lemaire is one of the better goalies from a scoring perspective does well so um Alex just asked a question he's like what's the rule with a keeper uh he's like dominant teams have a goalie who will get 60 and then nothing at all uh, do nothing at all, then inevitably they concede late. So the rule with goalie is they don't matter, but they do matter. I know, which is, which is kind of a contradiction, but goalies don't really matter. They like they all suck. They all are going to average between 45 and 55, and you just need a clean sheet. The counterpoint to that, though, is, however, obviously goalies with better AAs that can have a strong game when they concede is preferred over goalies that do not have a strong AA game when they concede they will do poorly because if your goalie and this goes to the point about like you can have like a 60 in your lineup and get through if your goalie concedes and puts up like 55 your lineup is still very viable for a top end prize I mean look I'm in I'm in sixth right now in rare pro from the weekend with 35 from my goalie so it's a situation where and but again he had a negative decisive and put up 35. Actually, I think he had a positive decisive too. Yeah, he had, he had a positive and negative decisive. So he, but he had 20 AA. Or mm -hmm. no, he didn't because he had, uh, yeah. So, like, but you look at Ichimori, right? Like, Ichimori, as long as he doesn't give up a negative decisive, is typically going to be in the 45 to 55 range regardless. And then if he gets a clean sheet, you're probably looking in the 75 plus ish range. Lars Unterstall is a good example of that situation. Um, so I prefer guys that have more AA. Uh, comparatively to a guy like uh, Langerak. Like, if you look at Understall, right? Yeah. Understall keeps a clean sheet. He typically is going to end in the 70 to 80 range. That's that's where he's going to end instead of just 60. 
And when he concedes, he sometimes he'll end in the 50 to 45 to 55 range frequently. Obviously, if you have a negative decisive, you're going to have a shit game. That's just yeah. how it is at goalie. Um, and you can't really do that. But like they, with any position. Correct. If you're playing goalies on better teams, they typically will not have give up three goals. Usually, obviously, it still can happen, but it won't happen as frequently. Yeah, I think that's I mean, it's just like you said, goalies. What was the phrase you used? They don't matter, but they do. They do right. They don't matter, but they're the most important. Correct. I'll put it that way. And but if you're looking for like, hey, I need five. I'm I'm playing five guys. The list of goalies that you realistically should be going after is like, is it five even guys. three deep? Like, is yeah, it five? Well, it's like I mean, it depends if you're playing. It depends what region you're playing. I mean, I would say it's like Courtois, Mignon. That's as far as I was willing to go. Crab, maybe that's it. I mean, I would I would be okay going lower with like Ichimori types. Um, I mean, if you want one of the second division guys like Jose Caro, I mean, yeah, he was yeah. But so he's he's low. He's low is another one that's like been very strong, but they're keeping a lot of clean sheets. Um, so it's just like goalies, just yeah, like Mike Bassin talked about. Ichimori is a good example. No one interested in him at all. He literally was the third goalie for Gamba and now playing on the best team in the league and is pretty damn serviceable. And I like watched the game and he looks terrible to me. Like, I don't understand why he started over Obi, but Allison's probably a reasonable example. I don't think, I don't think that Liverpool can be as bad next year as they were this year. Um, I think they figured it out a bit towards the end of the season. And I think they will be better next year. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like we talked about, like he was pretty shit this year. Mm-hmm. He was still pretty good. Yeah, I think that's like yeah. Liverpool were very disappointing this year, and Allison was still, yeah, like you said. Yeah, so actually, good. Victor brings up Victor brings up a good discussion point here in terms of Osaka. He's like, if I were to have a Vissel Kobe forward, I would much rather Muto in comparison to Osaka. And I totally agree with that. I would much rather have Muto in comparison to. Uh, to Osako, if I had to choose one of the Vissel Kobe guys, um, his AA is much better. I don't need, like, if I get one AA, there's a good shot him in, in the 75 to 80 range, which is good. Um, but he just seems a lot better of a player to me than Osako. Similar price point. Like, to me, not much of a question. Like, I would much rather have Muto than Osako right now. But one of the guys that we'll talk about in terms of like what you really want. So, like, the guy you want. So like the ultimate guy you want is a guy that is going to put up 20 to 30 AA and has a high chance at a decisive. And these guys that I'm talking about are like Cecenia, right? Yep. If I look at Cecenia, I'm like, all right, there's a pretty good shot. Cecenia is going to put up a good 20 to 30 AA. And if, if he gets, cause you just look, it's not realistic for guys to go out there and put up three decisives in a game. It's going to happen, but it's not, not frequent like sure. if people average like three decisive a game they're going to win the balloon the blonde or like they're gonna, the best player in the world it's just not gonna happen what you want is you want douglas santos douglas santos goes out there and he has a high probability of a decisive which is like 33 percent. Like he's got a 33 percent chance at getting a decisive uh and if he gets a decisive you are pretty confident he's going to have a pretty st- strong game so yeah mm-hmm. alex brings up he's like you want Cecenia, Gill, Tadic, Mbappe, and Messi. These are the super high-end guys that you want from this perspective. Now, 
These guys are expensive. They're going to cost you a lot to get them. This is why. Daniel brings it up. Daniel literally says, buy the most expensive dudes. Yes. But that's why we want to talk about this a bit. It's not realistic to buy the most expensive dudes to everyone. But what you can do is you can find guys that share similar traits from these guys. They just are probably not going to get a decisive as frequently as these guys. So the key is, and this is what we talked about earlier. I, if I go and look at a guy that has no AA game and I'm like, this guy's going to get decisive frequently, there's like no shot for him to get hundreds, right? It's just, just not really realistic to get up there. But if you play guys that have 20 to 30 AA, that maybe they don't get a decisive 65% of the time. They get a decisive 25% of the time. Well, that means 25% of the time that guy is just like Messi or just like Gil or just like these other guys. So yes, you can't maybe get uh, these other guys that are that high up there all the time, but when they do perform and when they do get their decisive action, their AA is good enough that you can get a comparable player for that week, which is all you're trying to do. Because if you're doing things at more of a discounted range, you're trying to produce once a week or like once a month or once every three weeks instead of once a weekend. Like you're trying to, to do that instead. And someone, a, a few people have brought up uh, Cherney from FC20 this year. And I think he's a good example. Obviously he's leaving. So like his price points down and stuff like this, but he's a lot cheaper than going and buying a Deuce on Tad, than going and buying a Messi. And you look at him and you see, you're like, oh, wow. Well, this guy has in his last 15 games, he has like eight games over 80. That's good. Eight games over 80 is pretty damn good. Now, when he doesn't get there, you still get a 50-55 buffer uh, in the situation. So Shaforkel, as Laird would call him, uh, just said that you go to player rankings, and sorting by AA is a good option to some extent. And I like to do it over an L40, not like an L15. However, everyone is built differently from their AA comparatively to other players. And you have to see, like, like Carl Starfelt for Celtic. Great AA, very, very minimal uh, decisive score. However, when I look at when I look at Starfelt's like L15, Starfelt has one decisive and two negative decisives. Yeah. <clears throat> He's probably not gonna average like a two to one negative decisive ratio over the long run. Um, another guy that I like I have, so like I'm familiar with him. He's not gonna show up in the rankings because he's been not great this year. But uh you have like Ibrahim Sangare. Sangare's AA is going to almost always be very defensive-minded AA, which therefore means that it's less likely for Sangare to rip off a decisive than it is for some of these other guys. So like you look and you see he had a lot of decisives. He had in his last 40, he has 10 decisives, but he's not super productive in terms of high end. But now if Laird clicks the all button here, you're going to see that the previous year he was a lot better and had a lot more higher end range. You yeah. see these 97, these hundreds. So is this guy like going to produce like Carlos Gill? No, but you're not paying for him to be like Carlos Gill. The what you mentioned uh, Cerny before. So there's one guy I wanted to compare him to. Uh, he actually doesn't show up on the comparables on the similar player. Excuse me. We look, this guy has a six. So Cerny has 67 L5, 70 L15, 63 uh, L40. 
I have another guy here who has a 73 L5 and a 66 L15. And he's just completely different. They're all Kevin like, Van Veen. Yeah, Kevin Van Veen, who, like, again, their L15s are, you know, four points separate. Yeah. But as you can tell, like, Cerny doesn't need, I mean, Cerny's had tons of disciples, yeah. don't get me wrong. But like Van Veen, Van Vleen, excuse me has, I mean, what is this, like 13 games in a row that he scored? Yeah. And he scored over 80 twice. Correct. You're like, if you look, this is this is another way to explain it, right? If I look at two guys, so, like, if we look at Van Veen and Cherney, and, and we look at their L15, so let's sort it by their L15. Um, okay, so these guys, both of these guys, they're, so Van Veen's L15 is 66. Now let's go look at Cherney's. Cherney's L15 is 69, all right? But if you look at this, if you look at the top like seven scores or top six scores, they're all churning. Yeah. Every single one of them is churning because I mean, I guess they're the one eight nine. So five of the top six scores or top five, seven of the top eight or whatever are churning. And the reason is because Churney has a lot better AA game. Now, if I look at Kevin Van Veen, I'm sitting there, I'm like, wow, Kevin Van Veen's probably not likely to score every single every game, game for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, it's just not really possible, realistic. But so like you look at these two, like these two have the same. A, or the same L15 ish, they're close. Yeah, they're much different players, and Cherney is a much better player for you to have. So, a couple comments um, that have come in in a little bit is Nanzo, and this is a key one: buy guys that are next up with a good move, or guys that are like on a team that could become a very strong player. Uh, and I will use Ron Romero to to discuss this. So, Ron Romero says Mijnans could be huge next year. Great example. Sven Mijnans has pretty much integrated himself into like the attacking midfield role for AZ Alkmaar. If you remove his last couple games, I guess he, so he's had a couple really strong games as well. But if Jesper Carlson leaves, which is very likely, yep. there's a shot Sven Mijnans takes every set for Alkmaar next year. During this L15, he didn't take all the sets. And you see there's a lot more dud-type games in this range than there was for other players. But you see 83, 83, 100, 87, 91, 100. Those are all games that he did well coming over um, and producing some high-end games for AZ in roles where, like, you see a game. He had a 86 AA or 86 with no decisive. He had a 100 with two decisives. He had, like, a 110. He had an 80 with no decisive or with a decisive. Like, it's very clear he's bringing this up. Another person, Alex Wilson, brings up Julian Dessart, and he wishes that Julian Dessart has more decisiveness. Dessart's a great example. So yeah, the issue with Julian Dessart not having the AA game or the, the decisive game in him, like you look at him and you're like, this is the guy, though. Like if I look at Julian Dessart, if you put him in your lineup and he puts up 60, all right, you're still active. Like that lineup's still active for a reward, even a high-end reward. You're not eliminating yourself with that card. He has zero decisives in those games. It's not realistic that Julian Desart's going to always have no decisives. Also, Julian Desart takes sets, but he hasn't been taking many sets. It's realistic possibility that in the future, Desart will start taking more sets. You know what comes with sets? Decisives. So it's a situation where you can definitely scout and look more into the future. And I, like, I try to do it as much as I can uh, in certain situations to find guys that could um, – get an advanced role or getting a more favorable situation, whether it's with a new team or the current team, uh, 
to to sort of find guys because like you look at like Desart. Desart's not like outrageously expensive. Sven Mizdans is still U23. Still got a U23. He's not absurdly expensive. Now, are these guys 0.02 ETH for a rare? No, they're not that cheap, obviously. But they're a whole hell of a lot cheaper than other guys that are are significantly more expensive. That are going to be more consistently good, though. My favorite about the Desart chart, which I have up on the screen here, is that his highest score from the last year had no decisive. Correct. What about a second highest score? Like 61 AA. Oh, yeah, and 56. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, this is a guy, if I'm looking at Desart, like, I have the potential to get there regardless if he gets a decisive or not. And if I do get a decisive, I have a really good shot. Uh, Daniel Cooper actually brings up someone that I think is a very, very reasonable person to bring up right now, um, and that's Declan Rice. Declan Rice has shown quite a bit of uh, a strong AA as it was. And this is a guy that's good aerially. He's good in the air. And if he's at a better team, he has more potential to get offensive a or offensive contributions than he has previously. Um, so I think that there better is team, a, they, just, they just want a trophy. What do you mean? Yes, yes. As Cosmo said, he wants one more year. Um, so it's a situation where I think that uh, Surface says that Mijnan gets subbed off every game. He has been. That is another thing that is that is viable. Like in the past ten games, he's been subbed early. Like eight of Almost or nine or ten times but like if you look the 10 games before that he subbed off early zero of 10 games and there's a realistic possibility that someone like him could fill more into a role where he start stops getting subbed as frequently and if you're not getting subbed at the 60 75 minute mark that gives you more chance to to yeah. generate more aa and more abilities yeah, more minutes are always good Ooh, nanzo brings up bosnian gil dino hotich that, that's some pain for both of us i feel Hmm. Tuggy blame me. He just said I was on him. I was on Hodich before he. So, uh, show chicks just brought up um, someone that I think is a reasonable person to bring up, and that is uh, Vincenzo Grifo. And Grifo earlier in the year was a lot more solid and had more AA, but I think he's a really strong option. I think he's a really good champ Europe uh, super rare. Agreed. Um, he has enough peaks that I think you can get away with it. But you look at him, right? Like. Is he Joshua Kimmich? No. Is he priced like Joshua Kimmich? Also no. Like, I can pay 0.15 ETH, and I can get a guy that, like, I'm just like, all right, you're playing a dumpy team at home. And it's like, all right, you have a pretty good shot. Like, this is a guy that's averaging, like, 15 to 20 AA. He takes penalties for them. He takes at least half of the sets. Yeah. He's a guy that can totally sit there and put up high-end games. Like, as you see, he's got a lot of games over 90. I tried to talk... I've talked to, to Kofi a bit of, about this recently. Like, if I look at a player, I like to think, like, there used to be scoring in different colorations on server day. There still is, right? And I think you and I both agree that it's sort of outdated, the, the coloration chart in terms of, like, what is a good game and what is, like, an okay game. And, like, what's would, would you agree? I think, yeah. It, it goes yeah. dark too quickly. Yeah, yeah. So, like, to me, like, in the past, like, we're talking two years ago. You got 65, that was a good game. Like, yeah, that was a good. good game. Now, if you get 65, that's an that's a solid game. It's not good, it's solid. To me, 80 is the benchmark you want to be clearing. Because if I have five guys that are like clearing like 75 to 80, I know I'm gonna be up near the top of a leaderboard. And if I have got four, if I have guys that are averaging over 80 to to like 80 plus points, I know that they're gonna be able to 
pick up some slack of guys that put up like 50 to 60 or 40 to 50 or whatever. So if I have, if I have a 40 in my lineup and I have four guys that rip nineties, I make that up. I, I make up the nineties. I turn my average into like an 80 and it's all of a sudden it's a really good lineup. Whereas if I have like a guy that puts up 40 and then four guys that put up sixties, I'm not even in the car. So to me, I look at a guy and I'm like, how often does this guy eclipse 80? Uh, Jonas Hoffman's a good example. I know his graph is like boom or bust right it's, now. It, it is the wildest graph, Very I feel weird. like, for somebody that you think is, like, consistent with, with, like, everything about his situation and the games, I feel like he should be in that 65, and he has his 20 AA, and he's just all over the place, and has, like, huge games against, like, really good teams sometimes. That's the worst. Yeah. Is that, where is it? Yeah, 97 against uh, Dortmund. I thought he had a... 95 against Leipzig, and then he'll drop like a 30 against, yeah, Hertha yeah. Berlin. It's I mean, like, another great example, and this person's not expensive, and it's for someone that we've talked about tons. And like, I've used this guy to win so many cards. Robin Proper. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Robin Proper. So if you sort his all-time log, right? And so like some of his all-time can sit, compare, like includes him at Heracles, and they suck. They're terrible. If I look at Robin Proper, and I look through his 98 starts that he's had that are like counted on sower data, he has about a 20% chance at being above 80. 20% of the time this guy gets above 80. Sure, he has shit games, but you know what I'm sitting there doing? If I sit there and I see uh, Robin Proper against Ajax, I'm not like, yeah, Robin Proper, you're, I, I expect a big game out of you. But what Robin Proper does is you throw Robin Proper at home against some bum teams. Robin Proper has elite level upside to put out a huge price. Uh, Nanzo brings up Conrad Lamer, uh, and he could be a sleeper card for his price. I think that's a, a viable uh, card as well. I think that makes sense. But um, yes, yeah, so like I'm, like I'm looking at Robin Proper. Like Robin Proper's under 0.1 ETH for a dude who's not a bad age, going to have European football because I think he stays at 20. Someone was mentioning earlier like a 20 stack. It's actually funny to me that I am damn sure the best stack on the platform this year was a 20 stack. I think so too. Yeah. It's not even close. Like I saw uh like full so, five player. You could have done it with like seven guys too. Yeah, like it's not... like it was literally like very flexible groups. Yeah. But like I saw it, I forget, I don't know his sober username, but it was like happy for you or something on Twitter. Yeah, somebody and has one. Yeah. He won D two and like had top ten finishes like ten times this year with a twenty Wild. It was just like constant. Like you didn't see that shit with anyone else. It was just constant. Metal Gear says that uh, Small is uh, way better than than Robin Proper. Yeah, he costs double the price. That's that's the point. He Small costs way more than Robin Proper. But you look at him and you look at both of these guys, and in he Small seventy six games, he probably has a very similar amount of one hundred or eighty plus point games as. Robin Proper. The difference is that he has way less like 10 point games than Robin Proper. Um, so it's a situation where like Yee Small is a lot more expensive and you're getting a guy that's going to average four points more per game, but they have similar peaks. They have si similar high end uh, outcomes uh, as each other. One is just way, way smaller than or way more cheap than another. And that's the key is like there are guys you can find that are, you know, I'm not saying like boom or bust, but like if you, if you have a player that just realistically, they're not going to hit 80s, right? If you just have a guy that's just like, this guy's just never really going to hit 80s, that just doesn't get the job done for you in this age of sober. Unless you're playing like D2s and D1s. 
which we all are, obviously. Metal Gear says Proper's running a lot over EV for more than a season. I don't know if that's necessarily totally true. Um, he's really good in the air. Like anyone that's as good in the air as him and is always the main focal point on set pieces is going to be very viable in terms of getting decisives and getting decisive actions. Like it's just it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yes, Over Holland said that 20 will lose most of their best players. Yeah, of of all teams out there that I've seen, they are going to get beat up the most that I've seen. Like most most teams are going to lose players or here and there, but it it seems like they're going to lose a significant portion of their team. But they should. That's exactly how they're built. Like that's how those teams are built, isn't it? Like you want you they want to get decimated because then they're selling their players for a ton of money. Correct. Which again, though, that'll make them worse next year, and then in theory makes proper worse. So, like, you're trying to find different guys in different situations that are becoming better cards than they were, and that's yeah. what the key is, right? Is like you got to find guys that that make sense from that perspective. Um, so, I, I think there's definitely some situations where people have to factor that in, um, and that's that's something that is 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 interesting for people. Uh, and the, Mike Bassett said the coach of 20 is leaving. Yeah, 20, 20 is losing a lot. Like 20 is just getting ravaged with with things in and out of their their team. And that's. Yeah, I think that it, that's one of like the most important things. That's not for this show specifically. Correct. But when it comes to challenger teams like that, Correct. buying the one that was good this season for next season is really dangerous unless Correct. it's like. Ajax and even even Ajax was significantly worse this year Correct. than last year. Like so actually, you know, include that. Yeah, it, like it's really tough to look at what happened in any of the challenger leagues this year and be like, oh yeah, they can they'll do it again. Like Correct. who is it? Zenit, Zagreb, and Benfica. Yeah. And after that, and frankly, you still have to watch out for all of the transfers anyway. But like, yeah, I mean, here's a good example with proper. And obviously, like my gallery is different than than most people's. But I have in two years of owning Robin proper super, I paid like a half an ETH for it. He's generated me seven and a half ETH in rewards. Just him. And that we're talking like 24 times he won me a reward. That's a pretty significant amount. Daniel Cooper wanted to throw Celtic in there. Now I'm I'm hesitant now with a managerial change. Well, yeah. Did you did you see their talk? Well, the, there's been a lot of rumors, so I guess I won't really go into the Celtic rumors. But yeah, very very true. Um, yeah. So Sobra Raul talked about uh, Charing. It seems like Charing is going to uh, Wolfsburg, which is Wolfsburg, right? Yeah. Like, so he'll be dead. Yep. So he'll be R.I.P. Charing very soon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, match flow says fuck his ass. Yeah, I, I, also, might heard, be, also might be the manager of Celtics soon. <laughs> yeah, I've heard I've heard poor things about a lot of managerial choices that are coming have been pretty underwhelming. It seems the uh, the only I, thing I, I saw about Fark was that Quinny was like he's literally last on my list or something like that, and I was like, oh, so great. so Sower Holland and I agree with this. Sower Holland says that he thinks the AZ will be twenty of next season. I actually agree with that. I think that AZ is in a really good position next year to be pretty good. Seems like they're going to return a good chunk of their um, their roster, uh, which I think is is favorable. I think there are guys that age out, but they're going to be really strong. Like you look and and Ryanders, it looks like Ryanders might be. It looks like Ryanders probably is back. Looks like oh, Lassie's really? probably back. Looks like Sugawara's probably back. Um, it does look like they'll lose Kirkes. Obviously, they'll lose. Uh, 
Carlson, but I think they might return like a good portion of their team. And they also had a lot of guys this year that got like experience. Like, like Walter goes is like their fifth center back and dude played like 15 games and looked pretty damn good. Um, so I think, I think there's a good shot that Alkmaar is pretty strong next year for the, the Dutch, the Dutch options. Um, Matt Schlow brings up Max Wittick. I think Wittick was someone that is a great example of this. Wittick has some major upside. I mean, Max Wittick's L5 layered is 86. I know. I, I don't, I didn't really want to talk about him because he's viable to buy high on him. Yeah. It's not, it's not even buying high though. His price is 0.068 for a rare. Like this is a guy that has 80 plus games in his repertoire. Sure. Very realistic. He gets there. You just can't play a guy like this all the time. Surface asks, can Georgie get a starting position? I think no right now. It depends what they do in the left wing position. Because uh, I think that... It's for Alkmaar. Um, I think that there's a situation where like he could go to that left wing position and replace Carlson there. But I think it's probably Van Brederode is the first up there. And then like it's possible he would replace Mijnans or Rinders. What could happen? So, like, I think that Rinders is, like, 70-30 to stay or leave. And if he leaves, I think they could bump Mijnans back to Rinders' spot and move Georgie into the advanced midfielder spot that Mijnans takes. Um, and Santa's boys ask a valid question. This is, like, what you should be looking for with stuff. Who is the next Joao Mario? Joao Mario was incredibly good the first half of the season and this is the thing that i don't think people fully grasp but like there are certain teams that are going to be really damn good and if you can just sort of identify who the next people on that team are that are going to come up and be that guy um i think that there is a lot of flexibility that can happen for you you just have to be correct on the situations like I don't, I'm not, I don't think this person's going to be up in the attacking roles for Benfica, but like, you know, Benfica is going to be really good. Alex Wilson actually literally just mentioned him. If Tangstead could get minutes for Benfica on the wing, if Casper Tangstead were able to find his way into the starting line and be a consistent starter for Benfica, he's someone who you'd really, really want to have. And there's just teams that you know are going to be really strong that if you can get inroads into them, it could put you in really good position. Tangstad is someone that makes sense. I don't think he's going to be in that position due to the fact that he couldn't really break in this year at all to get any sort of minutes. Um, and uh, yeah, so Sober Holland says Kachu will be way better than Joel Mario next year. I agree. So that's a good example of someone that I think is probably going to be even better than they were, which was already a great player. But you see that his price has risen from 0.215 skyrocketed 11 days ago to 0.54 as a high which was pranksy oh no yeah he should be really good somebody um where was this here um mickey foo said i don't think ben fico will be as dominant next season and i'm not sure why like i don't think anybody else is getting much better <laughs> No, but it doesn't even matter if they're that dominant, right? Because you brought up the you brought up the discussion about um, about Ajax sucking this year, but like Ajax sucked and Tadic is still really damn good, so it just doesn't matter. And so Rico, I'm just saying, if you if you went into last season 
buying Ajax last season, like in preparation of this season, then you were disappointed with almost everybody except probably Tadic, right? True, true. But Edson Alvarez improved. Timber wasn't bad. Like It wasn't bad, but he also was like peak price after right. last season. Um, so I, I think there is Mike Baston wants to Johnny Reinders to go to IX to replace class. And I also will sign off on that. I also will. Everybody sign thinks off that going to the mid IX midfield is a good thing is so funny to me. Yeah. But I think their team's going to change over the next couple of years. I think it could be, um, I think it could be a situation where it becomes more relevant. Okay. Yeah. There's rumor of, I don't know if you saw the rumor of Tati to Benfica. Yeah, that sounds like something that Tati himself would try to pull off. There's also rumors of Pavlidis going to them. Yeah, Alex Wilson says Spurzian to Ajax, he should be really good, which I, I don't disagree with. Like, Spurzian in, in theory is pretty good. But again, so Spurzian, which I, I'm, I'm happy to see this, by the way. It seems like the market is, like, trending back upwards to me. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I, I've seen guys, like, I can't get the auction of prices that I want on guys. But, like, you look at Spurzian, Spurzian went from 0.1 to point four because of the rumors to Ajax. Yeah. Now the last one hadn't sold for a while, but like it's, it's, it's stuff like this. Like I'm at least seeing these guys that are like rumored to go to big high end things are at least getting some, uh, some, I, some, some different like trend, trend upwards. Yeah. It, I mean, the good news is that you can't get burned by those rumors at all. So it's just a win-win for everyone. Yeah. Um, Metal Gear is asking how Kirchhoff is going to be better without pens and not as many set pieces. It's not definitive he doesn't take some of that stuff. I mean, they weren't thrilled with their set piece takers this year. He also could. He might not. And if he doesn't take it, he probably is worse. Um, so it's definitely possible that Kirchhoff becomes worse. He's still so much younger than like I always think he is. Yeah, he is. He's still got years of U23. Like, if you get two years of him at Benfica, what a card that is. Yeah. Like, I wish I bought one two years ago. I think, do you think everybody just looks, and I know they're not like the same player, but everybody just looked at Enzo when he was there and they're just like, oh, Kirchhoff should be better than that. I think it's pretty realistic. People think he's going to be in Enzo's role pretty much. Right. Um, Santa's boy says Joao is the pen pen taker for sure. So it's, there you go. Kirchhoff didn't really take me. He only took two this year. Kirchhoff, that is. So it's a it's a situation. I think it's also more of a like there's so much uncertainty with like everyone, right? Like we're looking at every player and you're like, I don't know where this guy's gonna go, I don't know where that guy's gonna go. Caught you, you're like, I know where he's going, and it's a damn good spot. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of his price is, is rising up. Right. Like like it's a really good spot whether he like immediately steps into it is different, but right. you know that the there is a clear path to that being a really really good spot like we've seen that spot be really good like that's the other thing correct i mean the portuguese league is pretty weak at the bottom it seems it seemed like i mean, ben I mean as long as you're on one of the three at yeah. the top like porto benfica or well, you don't even need to be on sporting they didn't even have that many great players well, sporting or braga was ahead of sporting in the standings right yeah so i mean we'll see um, Mike Basson said Kirchhoff is like Frank Ribery used to way older than he is but looks it yeah. I mean Kirchhoff does look a lot older than, than 22 that's really yeah. how do you feel Malky's asking this about good AA players in bad teams do they trump matchup considerations so 
it's tricky. It, yeah. It's tricky if you have a good. It, it's always difficult for me to look at my guys. For someone with a small gallery, I think those are the type of guys you really want, right? You want guys that are going to be good no matter what, even yeah. if they're on a bad team. Like you can get a, a bit of a discount with them. Um, the person I'm sort of thinking of in my head, but I guess it wasn't as good this year, was Tanani. Um, but I, I guess he's still pretty good. So like, if you look at like Tanani, like any Salamani is another one that pops in to my Who? head. Salamani. Yeah, Salamani is another one that makes sense. Um, if you look at like Tanani. He's on NEC and he has decent AA. It's pretty strong. And he has a lot of decisive despite being on a bad team. The issue is like, still, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to be like, oh shit, they're playing Ajax this weekend. I really don't want to use this card. And it makes it a bit more difficult. I feel like at least in the Eredivisie, there are the number of teams where you say that though is more than others. Like you're going to play him against Alkmaar or... Feyenoord, like I feel like there's so many times you're like, oh shit, that's who they're playing. Oh, you're gonna play him against twenty? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, this has been mentioned, but like Maxim Osipenko from Rostov is a is an example. Like he's been pretty damn good as a center back despite being on a not great team. But Rostov was like top five in, in league. But again, like you yeah, see, you see them playing Zenit, you're not like, yeah, I want to play Osipenko. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> Uh, actually, here's a funny thing for people. Joao Amaral just said, wait for a Joao Neves card. Did I tell you Joao Neves's full name? I don't think so. You won't see it on here, but do you want to know his full... Do you want to know his full name, like full actual name? Yeah, hit me. I'm going I'm to give, give the chat. Chat, do you want to guess what Joao Neves's full name is? Uh, so there's... It's Joao X... X Nevis. So there's two names in the middle that are part of it. So we'll see if anyone in the chat knows it, and then I'll, I'll tell you later. You'll get a kick out of it. But yeah, I thought Joao Nevis was really good this year. Um, I was pretty impressed watching him play. The issue is, is that I don't know what type of role he's going to have next year. I guess it depends what they do with Florentino Luis. If he's going to be there, I think it's going to be difficult for Joao Nevis to get full game time because they're not bringing in Kachu and not playing him. Like Kachu's playing in the role Enzo effectively is in. Right. Uh, it's just someone that's going to play. But like, I thought Joao Nevis was really good at the. Uh, so Blue Tomatoes uh, guess Joao Cristiano Ronaldo Nevis. It's actually close there. Mm. So Joao Nevis's full given name is Joao Pedro Gonzalez Nevis. There we go. Joe Ducey knew. So yeah, his 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 name is Joao Pedro Gonzalez Nevis. Where is Pote going? Uh, Aston Villa was Aston Villa, still that's still happening, huh? Well, I don't really follow tons of. I don't really have time right now to follow all of the uh, the news and notes with stuff. But yeah, the most the most rumored spot that I have heard for for Pote is Aston Villa, which is unfortunate. Yeah, for me because I own multiple Pedro Gonzalez's. But yeah. you know that that's that's. That's the issue with having uh with having challenger guys, challenger, guys. Going challenger players here. You have you have a guy that's not good enough to go elsewhere, that's tough. Yeah. Uh this comment from Surface I want to pick up. He said good AA on bad teams is something to really consider on the margins as you progress in so rare up to pro and super rare divisions, which I think is a really 
So yeah, I, I want to say that. So my the, here's my hesitation, right? I think guys like that are good for smaller galleries because they're yeah. cheaper. The issue is, is that when you get up to a bigger gallery size and you get up, or not even a bigger gallery size, when you get to having guys that are like elite level players or like really super high end guys, it's hard to look at. Like you, have, like, we'll use Pedro Gonzalez because we're just talking about Pedro Gonzalez. And Pedro Gonzalez is at home as a massive, massive favorite against a team at the bottom of the Portuguese league, it's really difficult to sit there and I'd be like, I want to play Tanani against Ajax, or you're just always going to play the guy that's a really favorable matchup. Yeah, for sure. So I just wanted to point out, Callum was saying that we gave away the whole answer here because his name, full name is yep, in yep. the URL here. There you go. But you didn't, you didn't see it later. Nobody, no, nobody, nobody guessed because of that. Or maybe Joe. Maybe, maybe Joe saw it, but I, I knew it because I looked it up before because I was I liked him, so I looked up John Neves and wanted to see. I think I looked up his transfer market before, um, and saw that was his full given name or something because it like it shows up on his wiki page, and I was just I, I laughed about it. Scosma wanted to bring up Federa. I assume that's what how you say his name. Yeah, Federa was really good for court great A for an awful side. Yeah, it's a situation. So, so Tuggy they, well they did right. Uh, no. Yes, yes. Sultan yeah, I think they did. Yes. Yeah. Tuggy said good AA on bad teams also leads to a good transfer the following season, correct? Not always. It, it Typically, though, like, if, if you're, like, if you're... The issue is, is that, like, a transfer can be elsewhere to, like, a bad champ Europe side. Like, it's not guaranteed you're going to, like, get and move up to Ajax or something. Like, you could right. go to, like, I don't know, Augsburg or something. Like you just, it's not guaranteed you're going to get a good, uh, you're, you're in a good yeah. position. So Rico Man has brought up Tanlongo twice. He said Tanlongo could be a good player if he replaces Ugarte. Totally. If you can sit there and you can scout guys that are going to step into that new role that uh, are an upgrade over what they were doing and what they previously had done, then that's, those are the type of guys that you're doing. And someone asked me the other day, I couldn't remember who it was. I actually tried to look at him and, and Mikey food has talked about it. Uh, as long as Melly keeps playing DM, he's going to be really good. I don't even know where Melly's going to be next year. I was going to say, like, I read an article the other day about how he wants to play in England. And I was like, no, yeah, like, no, don't go, don't go to England. We don't, we don't want to see you in England, but like, yeah. So if you have 10 Longo, right. And 10 Longo all of a sudden, fills in for what Ugarte did. Well, that's a great damn, that's a great part. And you could, you could have got it four days ago for 0.023 ETH for a rare. Like if you look at Ugarte, Ugarte was really damn good this year. If yeah, I can buy Tan Longo for 0.02 ETH, it was a 19 year old replacement for what you got Ugarte to do. That's a great card. That's the type of stuff that you got to be figuring out and, and you got to do stuff. Fling Flong brings up Enzo Lafie at Ren could be really good. So I agree with that. The issue is if Beauregard is there, it's done. He's like Enzo's likely not great. Right. If if Beauregard, if Beauregard leaves, it's a lot better card because Enzo's a lot more likely to be on uh, DA. Kevin Hurd brings up Alexander Alvarado. Uh, it's a brilliant mix of decisive and A. The issue is he's in the Chilean league, which is. I think it's the Chilean league. Could be the Ecuadorian league. I'm not even sure. Uh, but it, it just becomes tricky from that. So Fling Flong thinks that they will share sets. If they do, then yeah, it's really, really good for uh, Enzo. Because that team, I think, could be really good next year. Like they, in theory, are sure. really, really good. Yeah. And Enzo brings up somebody from your favorite club. So, yeah, here's the thing. 
Rodrigo DePaul, before he went to Atletico, when he was at Udinese, was great. Yeah, he, he was. was a really good card. Um, then he obviously went to death and the issue is, right, is like I look at DePaul and I do agree with Nanzo. He's been strong. Um, I just don't know how good he can be on that team. Uh, speaking of the Atletico Madrid guys, like, because obviously Griezmann has been incredible this season. Like literally one of the best players on the platform. Yeah. Playing for arguably the worst team possible to play for yeah. for this platform. There's so many guys who have like played well and then just disappeared. And Marcus Llorente is the one like Marcus Llorente is a card that I was like dying to get long ago. Yeah. Like, very long ago. When, when I, when I first came on, he was one of the guys I tried to get. I'm pretty sure surface. If you're still here, you bought his super. I think how much did you pay for his super? But at the time when surface bought the super, I was like, damn, that's a good price. And now you probably look at it and you're like, damn, that's horrendous. Yeah. So surface yeah, is still here. Let me know how much you paid for. Cause I'm pretty sure you bought one. And I was jealous because I was like, that's, a great card, but yeah, but some so Daniel brings this up, and I feel like a lot of other people do. It's like imagine how great Griezmann would be on another team. I'm not sure he gets better. Same, I'm not sure he gets better anywhere except for like PSG or something. I don't even know. If, I don't think he can get better. No, no, I mean Griezmann's been fantastic. But the issue is, is the role that Griezmann has right now is fantastic. Takes every set, almost takes every penalty. Well, I I think actually sometimes other people take penalties, but he like drops back in the midfield, gets some defensive work in. So gets some interceptions and stuff creates a lot of chances for them. It's just, uh, it's just really, really favorable uh, in that situation. So Pico actually asked a little bit ago, what is the best landing spot for James Madison in terms of Sower? I think Spurs is really good for him if he goes there. And the reason is, is, you basically the, the keys with James Madison is he needs to be on all sets yep. and penalties. If Harry Kane leaves, he has the possibility to be on penalties. Uh, he doesn't even need penalties, I guess. It's just like he is all offensive. Like all of his work rate is going to be offensive, which is obviously the best type of AA because if the AA is right, offensive, AA. that is a lot more likely to get a decisive than defensive AA. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Adri just asked about Alexis McAllister. I mean, he's going to a team where the midfielders are generally really, really not good. Yep. And I don't know what, um, what to expect from him there. I don't know if he's going to just be locked into every days. And to be honest, he was not great at, at uh, Brighton. He was okay. Brighton. At Brighton, like I don't, I'm not saying he was bad, and I mean I guess maybe he's even slightly better than that. Uh, but the issue is, I just don't know if he's going to be in a position to really succeed there. Yeah, Nanzo brings up a good point. Atletico really struggled from the Griezmann contract situation from the beginning yeah. of the year. That really hampered things, I think. Yeah, I wanted to bring up uh, Umar Saleh because Surface said is someone who has an elite A and was on a good team, but is linked to Torino. What do you think of that? We've already seen what everybody thinks of it because he was yeah, linked to Torino last year and it absolutely cratered his price. Yeah, we, we all literally got to witness that exact situation. But that exact one, yeah. So Daniel Cooper brings up, isn't Thiago good when not dying? And that is true. Thiago Alcantara has been pretty good when he doesn't die for Liverpool. But even then, like, I don't know. I just... He's I just fine, John. The answer Liverpool is Liverpool mids are that good. 
the way they play isn't the best for their midfielders. No, it's, I mean, he's fine. But it's not bad. I'm not saying it's a bad card. I'm not saying it's, it's uh, going to be un. Uh, so service played 4K for Lorente. So you you probably paid that one as like 2K in ETH. So you probably paid like, I guess I could look it up. You probably played like two ETH for him. Um, but like when you bought it, I remember being like, damn, that's a damn good card. It was a great card. Um, but like now, yeah, you looking back, it's it's like, oh man, that was that was a dumpster fire, which is just how it goes, right? Yeah. Um actually you probably traded. Oh no, you still own. Yeah, so service paid 1.925 for Lorente. Or 1.95. But like when you when you when service bought that card, I was like, man, I love that card. I, I was like, I really wish I bought that card. Yeah. Um, and then just tur- but again, you've you've been able to find new use for it recently with the, the new cat modes and stuff. New cat mode, yeah. <laughs> you, you yeah, Surface was able to win cat 270 with Lorente, uh super rare. So okay. was able to get in a unique and a, a nice super rare. Uh, and he got second in Champ Europe super rare with it. So he's even though the cards been terrible he's found ways to utilize it and get get in front of it uh so yeah so scosmo actually brings up someone that i wish was younger because i yeah. think there could be a definite thing and he brings up payette he says there's going to be a resurgent of dimitri payette with a new manager payette we saw last year was like payette last year was griezmann would you agree like that's pretty much what payette was last year he was pretty much like griezmann he like I thought I could play Champion Europe rare back a while ago just because I had Dimitri Payet. Apparently you're just really bad at knowing what you can and can't play. First you think you can play that with like just Payet, then you don't think you can play U23 rare pro and then you're all up in the leaderboards over and over again, Laird. You're struggling. I mean, if getting a podium is struggling, then I don't want to succeed. No, no, I mean, you're you're struggling in the fact you didn't think that was possible. You doubted Korean Timber, and he just is... No, have, have, come on. Come on. Don't do that. I own the Super Rare before you did. Uh, Flonk brings up, I can't make up my mind whether Vinny is a 1.5 ETH card or not because of his AA. I think Vinny is as good of a... He's like a... For me, Vinny's like a top five card on the platform. So it just depends how much you think that's worth. Like, I think you're wrong. <clears throat> that he's a top five card. Yeah. Who do you? Think I think the reason gonna... why we think he's a top five card is because he's now like the top U twenty three forward. Yeah, which, which but the matters. separation between Vinny and everyone else is much smaller than the separation between Mbappe, right. who had that moniker, and everyone else. And so yeah, I yeah, no, I mean when I when we say Vinny, when I'm saying Vinny's a top five card, I mean like the actual card and the longevity that you get out of Vinny is a top five card, not the, the actual production production standpoint. Vinny's like not an elite level God, right? Vinny's good, but he's not like, Oh my God, Vinny's the best player of all time. Sure. Like if, if you're owning cards on the platform, like who do you, who are the five? Like if I told you, you could have five cards today to keep. And like you have to keep them. What are the five cards you're going to take? Mbappe. Yep. Five years. Sure. I just mean that takes Messi out. Uh, Gill. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. Am I making a lineup? Do I need a goalie? No, no. You just five cards. Um. Yeah. Uh, Mbappe. Gill. 
Kimmich. Okay. Um, I don't know who else I would. I mean, you you can use Vinny. I mean, I but I just don't think Vinny. Like, I think I could take like Bellingham just as much as Vinny. Sure. Like, I just yeah. No, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. You're saying like the gap at the top. Like if I'm taking one card on the platform, I'm taking Mbappe, right? Like that's the card I'm taking. But I also agree with what Blanche says. He says that Vinny feels like he can still get better. I agree with him. Yeah, I maybe. Feel like Vinny, sure. I feel like Vinny can improve and become better. Uh, I think like, yeah, if you look at the card, you're looking at like Vinny. I think it's like Mbappe at the top. Then I think it's like Holland, Vinny, Bellingham, Kimmich. That's probably the next group. And then after that, you go down to like more people that um, like you go to like Musiala, Wurtz, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and so like, but I think, yeah, like I think Vinny's so like in terms of his price and his 1.62, like worth it for Vinny. It's really just a matter of like what you think the card should be in terms of price point. Cause like, here's an example. Yeah, I just do I just you think want... that if you're looking like what did the best U23 forward that happens to play in champion Europe cost? And it was like, well, it was, that was Mbappe's cost. And it's like, well, it's not Mbappe anymore. It's, it's Vinny. Vinny doesn't cost what Mbappe should Correct. cost. Correct. He costs a lot less. Oh, yeah. Skazmo is um, right. Arta Gurler. Arta Gurler. Buy him. Represent. Yeah. Represent. Yeah. Arta Gurler. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm I know I'm representing for for Basil Basil bot hey I I found a a Arta Gurler like eBay place to buy the Gurler jersey so I bought one Basil's like let me know how it is and I'm gonna buy one if 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 it's good and then Basil bought one too yeah there you go um but yeah like I think I think like great right, like if you look at it here and there's no one I don't think you're gonna tell me is definitively worth more than Vinny after. Mbappe and Kimmich, right? I guess, but I'm just like, I'm not sure the other ones are definitively less than Vinny. No, but they're not. Like, I mean, you look at it and like, I mean, you look at Musiala and I mean, that's a good point, right? And like, you look at Musiala, Musiala costs right now 0.9 ETH. Would you rather have Musiala at 0.19 or 0.9? Would you rather have Vinny at 1.5 or would you rather have Holland at 2? And I know which one you're definitely going to say you don't want, and that's Holland at two. Right. So you're you're. So it's I think like it's Musiala. What? I think it's Musiala. Yeah, and, and that's very viable, right? Yeah. But like, all right, let's think I, it's one of those that I think anybody's going to give you a different. Like, if you were like pick one of Verts, Guler, who Chani is trying to correct us on, as we keep saying, Guler. Guler, Arda Guler. Is that Guler? Verts. Bellingham, Vinny. I don't even want to put Howland in. Bellingham. Like, I just feel like if you ask anybody, I don't think there's a wrong answer, but I don't think there's a consistent answer either. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think that there's a uh, Guler. Guler. Yeah, Guler. Maybe. We can call him Gooey. Can we just call him Gooey? That sounds fun. And Mike, for the record, I don't call him Basil. I call him Basil. Like his actually, so here's here's another thing. So, 
you call him Chani, but like I feel what is the pronunciation for Chani? How does he get that? Because I definitely when I first saw his name like a long time ago, I thought it was Connie. Yeah, no, I pronounce it Chani because that's how he says it. No, I know that, but I'm saying like where is that pronunciation from? It's from his parents who came up with the name and spelled it that yeah, way. Yeah, but I'm saying like that, but that's what I'm saying. Like when if you look at it right from an American perspective, you would think Connie, right? Yeah, but he's not American either. No, no, I know he's not American. Thank you, Larry. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm not going to let this one go. I'm aware. But it's like it's like Pulisic or Pulisic, right? There's the Americanized yeah, way that the it is. If. Yeah, it's Pulisic and American, and, but it's Pulisic if you look at like Croatian or something. So it's tricky. Um, My name is, oh, so his name is Kaner. Yeah, so like your name is Kaner, right? It's it's pronounced Kaner or is it pronounced Chauner? As opposed to Chaner, right? Yeah, is it pronounced Chaner or is it pronounced Kaner? Because like I'm thinking of like Kaner Urkin, and I always call him Kaner Urkin, but that just could be because my pronunciation is incorrect on it. But that's like the Americanized way of pronouncing it. So let's see what, let's, see what, let's see what let's see what Chaner Chani says. Maybe maybe it's Chaner. If it's actually supposed to be Chaner, that's interesting. And if it's if it's if it's Kaner, then I'm like maybe it should be Kaney instead of. Connor. It is Chaner. It's not Kaner. It's Chaner Chani. Okay. All right. So it's supposed to be ch instead of Ka. Yeah. I feel like I'm like my wife's second grade class learning pronunciations. <laughs> okay. So like if I look at like Kaner Urkin Chani, it's really supposed to be Chaner. Chaner. Okay. Chaner Urkin. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it's probably yeah, Urkin too. Yeah. So you learn tons of of new uh, pronunciations. So Flongsh asked a good question. I think here. Wonder what Saka's price would be if he was a forward. I think that's a pretty, um, pretty interesting question. I think he would be a really high end forward. Like we, all right. If 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 you had a Bukayo Saka as a forward, would you rather have him or Vinny? Like Saka, no doubt. Just no doubt for you, Saka. If it's Saka versus Vinny and a forward, okay. Yeah, interesting. Three extra years of U twenty three for sure. Oh, two two extra, excuse me. Yeah. But but that's why you're uh yeah, and not I mean another one, Kavara. If Kavara was um was a forward card, like I'm so I've I've won that card twice and sold it immediately twice because I just I just don't really see me using it as a mid. But as a forward, I could see me using it. But even he's not even really that much it's not <laughs> Tuggy just said it's Chon, not Sean. Chon, not Sean. <laughs> um <laughs> But like, yeah, like, I mean, let's put it this way: we, you and I, both were pretty much of the viewpoint that the uh, the reverting to the mean here for Cavera was was basically how his last ten went or last fifteen. That was much more realistic yeah. than him ripping eighty to nineties every game. Yeah, but it's also not realistic that he has one decisive in his last. He has one decisive in his last fifteen games. That's crazy. It happens. It happens. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, there's just there's lots of interesting decisions and cards out there from a perspective of of what you'd rather have, and if you yeah. can only choose one of them, you have to make a choice that that might be difficult because, like you said, there's no real right answer. There's not really a wrong one either, though. It's sort of like that's what I mean. Yeah, like if if Holland puts up 50 goals next year, like Holland might be the guy you want because at least in that situation, you're always getting a decisive means keeping you up. Because scoring, I'm pretty confident scoring as of now, as of now, this could change. But I'm pretty confident scoring is going to go down in U23 next season. Um, 
because it's you're losing a lot of a lot of super high-end guys and i'm not sure you're going to get those high-end guys back you're going to get good players obviously you're going to get replacements that are good but like i don't think you're going to get an mbappe level replacement u23 right i don't know if you're going to get like jesper carlson joe to level replacements there i think that maybe what we had from them was a bit high-end and we're not going to get that sort of uh output again i mean carlson wasn't even that good this year no carlson was pretty shit this year but like the previous year he was really good uh and not so uh fling flong brings up a good person that makes a lot of sense and that's terrier uh terrier was is a top three champ forward i would definitely say that terrier was probably top five ish maybe i, I don't think i would say higher i think he's Someone, definitely in the top five ish range maybe top six there's um, a torn acl right but those Come back off so torn ACL. That team is really stacked. They have a lot of people that are going to eat set pieces regardless. Um, yeah. But I think he's definitely worth a good flyer. Like his price point is is really cheap. Like you got him at 0.3-ish ETH. You could probably get him out right now, give or take. Um, so he's a really, really good card going forward. Yeah. Uh, I like, <clears throat> yes, Cosmo brought him up. Dale LaFayu was another torn ACL recovery that. Yeah. My, my boy, Jerry D., yeah. Gotta love Jerry D. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Mike Bass brings up something. I, I saw it. Yeah, there's been a couple mentions of Berardi. Uh, Berardi is a good example. Berardi's linked to move Palacio, um, but I'm sure he's still a strong option. Like, it's not like he's not strong in that situation. So I think that that's valid as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's been fantastic. There's not much else you can do with that. China said, didn't we have a guy in Italy that Laird loved at Verona or something? You are completely right, although he's yeah. not at Verona anymore. What's his name? He was at, Gianluca like, Ferrari was his name. He's at Monza now. Yeah. And yeah, he, he was, was definitely not the guy you fell in love with, Laird. Not anymore, no. To be fair, again, though, this goes, this goes back to, like, two years ago to, like, nowadays. Two years ago, that range in the middle there was good nowadays i don't think that's good i think that's just like that's like okay um yeah like that's like that's for a champ europe card for a champ europe forward that's like good but like that's like it's not like high level right it's not like no. the, nope. the high level guys yep yep i don't know um yeah i feel like we're just naming guys so yeah what do we got an hour and 20 minutes almost start that's enough for us. Thank you, everybody, for joining us and for throwing out all these names. I definitely needed to be reminded about my failed Gianluca Caprari experiment. So thank you for that. I did own it as one of 100, though. And I traded it for, I don't remember what, but I also had a Marcus Urente one of 100 that I traded. I forget what it was. Some terrible trade, I'm sure, that Pavel just laughed at me for. But anyway, thank you, everybody, for joining us. If you could please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Um, even though Chani told me those things aren't that important, they're important to me. So if you could just do it for me, that'd be uh, greatly appreciated. I'll be back tomorrow for office hours, Wednesday, limited time only, Thursday, so are Andrews, Friday, off topic. So hope you guys can all join us. Thank you very much and good luck this week.